Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance coming off an extraordinary weekend. We will definitely have time for the baseball, which has been incredibly good. We will definitely have time for Taylor Swift because I find myself still interested in that when it feels the rest of the world is very ready to move on. But obviously the football takes are going to come fast and furious today and RC is here. Let's do it. Here we go! Go, go. Only one place to start. Hurts in the gun. Hurts back pedals. He pumps. He looks. He fires. He completes it. Breaking away. Running into the end zone. A.J. Brown. The Eagles take the lead. Nobody catches the ball as pretty as A.J. Brown. Nobody. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles with a statement smackdown on Sunday night football and a huge win over the Dolphins. That's where we start. RC, good enough to hang out after we wrap up. Get up. Thank you, as always, my man. My man, let's get it. Well, so a week ago today, actually, you were in L.A., but we were back here talking about an Eagles team and a quarterback in particular who had a really tough day against a very good defense of the New York Jets. Right. And so I thought that made last night feel like a big game uh, mm-hmm. in some ways. Let's see how he bounces back from a yeah. game like that. And I thought he was spectacular last yeah, night. Yeah, I thought he showed uh, extreme composure, poise, uh, but also timely playmaking. When you look at Jalen Hurts, he could have folded, excuse me, he could have folded after throwing the tip interception that ends up being a pick six but he found ways to continue to make plays he and A.J. Brown showing again that they're one of the best wide receiver quarterback duos in the entire NFL and then late in the game being able to use the brotherly shove pick up first downs deep in your own territory and make the huge throw down the field into double coverage to A.J. Brown just shows exactly who Jalen Hurts is, and why this team is so difficult to beat. He seems almost unshakable. And I think, Greeny, when you look at his history and you think about being freshman of the year in the SEC, offensive player of the year, being replaced in the national championship, having to transfer to Oklahoma in order to show that you could be NFL ready, and then waiting his time behind Carson Wentz, taking over, and now becoming this guy – He's been through the adversity. He's shown he can push through it, and he does that weekly at his position. Of course. And what I was thinking about as that game was ending last night is all of the people out there today who were now going to say the Dolphins are frauds. Yes. That they have, they have run up the scores mm-hmm. against bad teams, and the two times they've gone up against teams that should be in their own weight class, which is the Buffalo game and this, yeah. they lost. What do you say to those I, people? I, I don't say that they're frauds, but I do believe it puts those other games into perspective. It shows you that when they have the mismatch, when there is a team that can't match up against them defensively, they will exploit you because those turn into big plays. Those turn into Tyreek Hill 60-yard touchdowns taking flip videos on cell phones. Mm-hmm. But when you play a team that can stop the run and now you put everything on Tua Tungavaloa, when the play-action pass isn't moving, guys, because Raheem Mostert isn't creating dynamic plays in the run, it makes it more difficult for this offense. And at least at this moment, Vic Fangio's defense, without being at full strength, can't create enough plays to put a dent in that. 
So the two times we've seen them get behind, we've seen turnovers by Tua Tungavaloa. The two times they've faced defensive lines that can make stops, we've also seen the issue with the play-action game not being explosive. Think about a Tyreek Hill touchdown is taken back by penalty. Yep. Tyreek Hill drops another walk-in touchdowns. You can't have those sort of missed opportunities against really good football teams. That was a big game. A lot of statement kind of games yesterday, so let's dive into those. Again, RC is here. If you ever miss anything on the show, we're a podcast every day, both hours. It's called Hashtag Greeny. It's available wherever you get your podcast. What statement did the Ravens make yesterday by just thumping the Lions? That their Super Bowl possibilities are absolutely real. The Detroit Lions were probably in conversations for being the best team in the entire league last week. I would think that some people talked about that. I said that they were a no-doubt top three NFC contender. I could see them in the Super Bowl easily. Unfortunately, that was me. <laughs> I, I spent the whole week telling everyone the Lions are actually the best team in the league, and then I looked up and they were losing 35 nothing. But it's also why you need games like that, right? David Montgomery is absent. What is Jared Goff going to do without the ability for the play-action game to have that threat of run that David Montgomery provides? How are they going to protect Jared Goff against this blitz pressure that we see employed by the Baltimore Ravens? And truly, how do you stop Lamar Jackson? Now, it's been part of Lamar's own team stopping him by not catching the football. There's been some play-calling mysteries, and it's also been Lamar turning the football over. None of those things happened yesterday, and it started great from the beginning. I thought Todd Munkin put Lamar in position to succeed as a passer and say, okay, Lamar, show us you can drop back and drop dimes. He did that. Lamar, show us you can throw on the run. He did that. Now show us that you can go above and beyond the X's and O's. Lamar did that as well. It's one of the close, most close-to-perfect games we'd ever seen Lamar play with his arm and with his mind. And if those two things reach that level and are that close to what his talent is, it's going to be impossible to stop this ball. So and what's going to happen now with the Lions on the other side is much like we yeah. said with Miami, we're not going to take them seriously. They have the easiest schedule I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm. So they're going, to, they're going to have a gaudy record, I think. But we will remember this. Every time yes. we talk about them, we'll say, yeah, but well, will they be? And, yeah. you know, they'll have to prove it when we get there. And I think it also, it also matters what the Ravens become. Right. It also matters that sometimes you run into a buzzsaw and you just can't get it to stop. Some matchups are just difficult. I mean, you know this, Greeny. You've covered sports for such a long time. Styles make fights. Yeah. And stylistically, this is a bad matchup for the Detroit Lions, a team that struggles at time to get pressure versus a quarterback that could create his own time. Right. A team that is built on running the football that doesn't have David Montgomery against a front like the Baltimore Ravens. And so I think you look at all of those things and it was sort of the perfect storm for a blowout. Now it's about how does Dan Campbell get this team to rebound and what do they believe? Right. Because this was sort of that. OK, let's show everybody it's for real. Yes, we know how we finished last season, but we still weren't, weren't a playoff team. Yes, we know we've started this season 5-1, and one, but we still don't have that one win that makes people say, oh my goodness, like this team is different. And this was their chance. On the road, hostile environment versus a good team, and you totally crap down your leg. For Dan Campbell, that can't be a good feeling. <laughs> Green RC, that's one way to look at it, and that's pretty much what it looked like most of the day. All right, so we do a feature for those of you who aren't with us on TV on Monday mornings called Explain Your Tweets. When RC goes on, we, we, we read some of the stuff that he tweeted during the game, and usually they're meant to be funny. 
but there was one that we liked yeah. enough and it was compelling enough that it led us into a topic that we just read it straight on the air and it was very simply is Tyrod better than Daniel yeah. quarterbacking the Giants? I think he is. Uh, I think he is. The, now, the hard part is when you give a guy $92 million guaranteed, you also draft him sixth overall, you can't replace him with the journeyman bridge guy. You just can't, a backup quarterback. But this offense operates more efficiently, more proficiently, and they protect the football. He's given them a chance to not only win both games, they should have won both games. And even when they didn't, we were able to, Tyrod was able to say, I shouldn't have run that football at the end of the second half. We were able to look at the Tyron Johnson hold in the end zone and say, okay, that could have been called. But you execute in a way that doesn't give the Washington commander short fields. It doesn't give them opportunities to score yesterday. And you also push the football down the field. The other thing I watched Tyrod Taylor do yesterday was this. Darren Waller, and Saquon Barkley are meant to be stars in this offense. Mm-hmm. He gave them opportunities to be that. Mm. He didn't take those opportunities away by holding a football and taking sacks. He didn't take those opportunities away by turning the football over. He put the football in their hands where they were allowed to be special. And sometimes when you have those sort of special players, that's all a quarterback needs to do. Greeny and RC, that's a really good one. That's, that's a quarterback situation no one would like to have. Yeah. Let's get to the one everyone would like to have. I would, <laughs> I would submit that Patrick Mahomes in the first half yesterday was as good as I've ever seen anyone. Now, yeah. give the Chargers some credit. They made some adjustment, obviously, because yeah. in the second half, it wasn't the same. But in the first half, Mahomes threw for 324 yeah. yards, and when he wasn't doing that, he was running for first downs. I mean, back-breaking third Whoa. and 15s. He's unreal. Well, Greeny, here, here is the thing about what we saw from Patrick Mahomes. He couldn't be that good in the second half because it's impossible to be as good as he was in the first. But isn't this what we've been waiting on from Patrick Mahomes? Not necessarily to play like this, but so we could see the glimpses of how explosive this offense has been in the past years. And we've been every week just continually talking. What's wrong with Kansas City? Why is Kansas City not playing well? Is there stranglehold on the AFC over? Um, guys, they're six and one. Yeah. They're the number one seed in the entire AFC, and we haven't watched them play their best football. That's a lot to be said about the defense, but also a lot to be said about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs not losing games they aren't supposed to. Right. So many times, like when we look at the Buffalo Bills yesterday, Mm -hmm. we say to ourselves, oh, they lost the game they shouldn't have. We look at the Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, they lost the game they shouldn't have. The Baltimore Ravens against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Kansas City Chiefs don't beat themselves. And now by not beating themselves, they put themselves themselves in a position to again host playoff games as, as we've seen them do the last five years. Yeah. And then I want to finish it up with something. People who are a long time, have been with me a long time, will remember. Back in the old days on the old show, Mike and I one year at Thanksgiving. Okay. We, we were talking about, I don't even remember how, Mike was talking about a, 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 a Thanksgiving turkey recipe. And we got into a debate over whether the word is pronounced giblets or giblets. And for giblets. some reason, it, it just made me laugh. The point is, the, the, the giblets, we, we played it every year on Thanksgiving, like for the next 10 years, because we started laughing so hard that I couldn't go on. I'm not sure that has happened to me again until today. So I'm going to play the soundbite that inspired it. This is a radio show, so the most important part of this you will not be able to grasp because you don't get to see Jonathan Allen when he's saying it. 
But this is Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle, Washington Commanders. They lose again. He's frustrated, and this is what he says. They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that Yes, it does. I'm f***ing tired of this f***ing tired of this bullshit. It's been seven years of the same shit. Tired of this What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play f***ing Philadelphia. So, so that was a lot of bleeps. From Jonathan Allen, and I turned to you and I asked for an explanation, and you just you went somewhere I wasn't expecting. <laughs> hey, listen, Jonathan Allen had on a do-rag, bro, sunglasses inside, <laughs> yeah. a chain, and his shirt was buttoned to the third button. <laughs> this ain't a dude that was there to be professional about interviews, Greedy. This is a dude that was dressed for a fight. And so when you are dressed this way, when you have on a WWE outfit, a wave cap, with no ways, you ain't <laughs> listening to questions. He answered the last question that had all the expletives and the beeps yeah. before the dude finished. Yeah, he, did. he just wanted to get that point out yeah. that I'm effing tired of it. Yeah. And this is a guy that's professional. Yeah. This is a dude that's a captain of Washington. But that's where this team has gotten. Think about that. All of the excitement surrounding Josh Harris and his group taking over this team in ownership and it's starting to look like there needs to be more changes there. Jonathan Allen can be as frustrated as he wants about losing, but the bottom line is they only gave up 14 points yesterday. Yeah. And they still lost that game. And we've, we've seen them play other uninspired games this season. So much so, Magic Johnson is tweeting negatively about them. Every week. Magic Johnson doesn't say negative things. He's just happy, period. Right. And for Magic Johnson to feel this way, you might suck. And so when you look at this team, something has to change. And yeah. if it doesn't change on the field, I believe it'll change inside that building. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be the coach. It could be the quarterback. It could yeah. be both Yeah. Um, by the time we get to all of those. Now, what was the game where they didn't go for it? Uh, remember the game where they didn't go for the two? It feels like everything has gone straight that was, um, downhill since then. I think it was Eagles against game. the Eagles. They Eagles should game. have. They, they had a chance the Eagles, to beat the Eagles. They, they could have beat the Eagles. Win. Ended up going to overtime. Yeah. The Eagles win on a Jake Elliott field goal. Because they kicked the extra point instead. Yep. I feel like since that moment, like the air kind of went out of the balloon. Yeah, that was when he went from riverboat run to kayak run. Yeah, right. Right, because it used to be in Carolina, we would go, we would go. Yeah. But that's an opportunity to make a statement to your team and to the rest of the league that the Washington Commanders are here to win games. And I think it was his explanation that got to me. He said, but we were tired. Gassed, yeah. They were, they were the gassed. was gassed, yeah. Think about how gassed the Philadelphia Eagles are at that time right. where they aren't subbing, where they don't have someone else to run at, the, run at you. I think going for it there and getting it changes the trajectory of your season. And that was where Ron made the mistake. Yeah, Magic tweeted. And again, he's a, he's a part owner of the team. Yes. Tweeted, disappointing 14-7 loss. He always puts the score in. Disappointing 14-7 loss for my commanders to the NY Giants. It's hard to win in the NFL when you only score seven points. So that's a pretty, by his standards, that's a pretty pointed by, remark. By his standards, that's Jonathan Allen. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Hey, yeah, by magic standards, that's a Jonathan Allen-like uh, reply. So good today. Thank you, my man. My man, thank oh, you, brother. Good pleasure. to be back. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. My takes are next on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around 
different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. I laughed so hard at what that the thing that RC did on the air about Jonathan Allen that it literally my throat hurts now it, from just laughing that hard and that um, that long. I just couldn't stop. I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And he he you couldn't recreate the magic of it. He explained it to you here on the radio. But if you had seen it, you have to see it. I have it up on social. It's a reminder. You should be following the group here on social media. I'm at ESPN Greeny, Greeny with a Y, everywhere, Twitter and Instagram and threads. Um, but but when he went into his explanation of Jonathan Allen, Hembo, I said, like, since the giblets, the legendary giblet day of Mike and Mike, I don't think I've laughed on the air as hard <laughs> as I did today. That was just incredibly funny. He, RC is brilliant on the air like he's like for like he for for some people like you're like a classically trained broadcaster right so obviously like you're very well spoken and and everything that you say is fluid and rc is so good every single day he makes great points he makes me laugh i that was one of the best bits he's ever done his explain your tweets thing is one of my favorite thing on get up but his jonathan allen thing today was top five thing he's ever done on this show and it was so um incredibly improvised which is to say he hadn't seen it so in our, I'll just be completely transparent. In our pre-show meeting, we read aloud what Jonathan Allen said, and so he was prepared to have something to say about it. But he hadn't seen the clip until we saw it live. So he was just reacting immediately to the outfit. So good. Oh, that was hilarious. So funny. And I don't blame them for being upset. This isn't going to be one of my takes. I'll do the takes in a second. But coming out of that game, which, I mean, the Washington, what is wrong with them? Like, that is a team... That is, they just look uninspired. That, that 
I, I, I actually brought up here, uh, Hembo, you were off with uh, doing Buster's podcast. Um, I brought up the fact that I think that when they didn't go for the two against the Eagles in that game and then lost, some sort of element of the air came out of their sails. Mm-hmm. I really believe The that. riverboat begun to sink. Yeah. Right? He, he's now lifeboat Ron, <laughs> life jacket Ron. Um, and I, I think they are headed towards big changes there. All right, that said... Let's do this thing. Time for the takes. Greenies takes. All right, here we go. My top five takeaways from yesterday in the NFL. I sat there in a delightful, relaxed state. Jets bye week. I'm just, I, it was just give me all the football you have. I watched absolutely everything with no stress, no agita, no angst. I did have a question. Yeah. Your wife tweeted that, that you were hungover. Yeah. So this is true. A hundred percent. Oh, that was another part <laughs> I, <laughs> I couldn't figure out what things to eat would make me feel better. I tried everything. So in the photo that she posted, it looks like you're drinking a bag of popcorn? No, I'm, I was eating it. That's how I eat popcorn. I don't like to touch it with my fingers. So I, I tend to... She did not want to take a picture. I sometimes will eat popcorn with chopsticks because it's the easiest way to get it without... Oh. I'm very good with chopsticks. So, yes, I was hungover. And, and that is, I kind of drink from the bag of popcorn. I ate the entire bag. Like, you know those big bags that they're meant for parties? Right. I Mark. ate that entire thing. Oh, my goodness. Sitting there. You and it did not make me feel better. Very like, unlike you. I wanted the salt. No, I had a big night, Friday, Saturday mm. night, by my standards. Uh, anyway, not as big as Cam's, obviously, <laughs> uh, which we will get to as we go. All right, let's do this. Here we go. My top five takes. Number five. I think I'm the last person in America who still likes Taylor Swift going to these um, to the Chiefs games. Like, the backlash is getting a little crazy. She's got synchronized handshakes now with Brittany Mahomes. Like, everyone in my house is cringing as she's doing it. Am I the last one left who still likes it? Well, I think the, the Brittany Taylor relationship, I think, is, is pending. Because Brittany Mahomes does not have a very high Q rating. But I'm very in on Taylor and Travis. And it's about time that Taylor Swift stopped dating British guys that look like they need a tetanus shot. All right, she's dating the handsome football player. And America can see her. And I'm here for that. What? what, what it, Bubba, are, were you? Did you think that there was too much, too little, or just the right amount of Taylor in the booth yesterday that they showed us on CBS? Uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, too much, I guess. I don't really. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not interested. Did at you all, watch so. that game? Yeah, I mean, I was mainly on Red Zone, so I was kind of just you okay. Know, yeah, Red around. Zone, you didn't see it at all, right? But so I, I went to that game because I really wanted to I see. Could, I could use less uh, Jackson Mahomes, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, he's. So could everyone. And the world does seem to be down on Brittany. I don't know. I don't really know all the particulars. I will say this. And then to make a serious point, Mm. it it, it just cannot be overlooked that Travis Kelsey plays better when she's there. He's showing off for his girl. Okay? He has gotten, like, the most ungettable woman in the world. He's got, like, really one of the five most famous women in the entire world is his girlfriend now. And he is going to make sure she sees him at his best he <laughs> dominated that game but here's what i really want to say about that game the britney and taylor stuff is fun patrick mahomes in the first half of that game elevated the position of quarterback to a place i've never seen it now romo made a great point on the telecast and i brought it up on tv today the, even i could see the chargers were playing the softest defense i've ever seen in my life inexplicably not only did no one touch travis kelsey coming off the line of scrimmage i'm not even sure they looked in his direction So the defense may have had a lot to do with this. But Mahomes' ability to throw running at full speed to his right, 
to throw running at full speed to his left to find exactly the right moments to beat you with his legs and just the daggers on third and 15 that he picks up running. I thought he played as good a half of football. I've been watching the sport 50 years. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone play the position better than he is playing it right now, and that half was a clinic. He went 20 of 23 in the first half, Greeny, and two of his three incompletions were drops. I mean, he's, he's a perfect player. He's a perfect football player. And I think the, the time in which we should have known that he's destined to be the, the best player in the history of that position is when Andy Reid was like, yeah, sure, we'll trade Tyreek Hill, and then he'll win the MVP. This guy's now he's, on, he's the favorite to win the, the award again. In the first two years after losing a Hall of Fame wide receiver, this is a, a generational talent at the peak of his powers. Absolutely. He was as good as you could possibly be. All right. That's number five. I I hate where we're going with number four. Number four. The Colts got so screwed yesterday, I don't even know where to begin. Bubba, Cam, were you guys watching the end of that game? Yes. I saw it. Were you as outraged as I was by the back-to-back calls? Yeah. It it just was like... it was like time after time. It was like, oh, they they did it. Oh, 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 they did it. Oh, oh. Like every single time you thought they had it in the bag, it was over. Having called the first PI that they called or the, the illegal contact that gave them the first down, how they call that second one and how no one overturned that, watching that again or hearing about it or anything. I know it's not reviewable. It's in the final two minutes anyway. If that ball isn't uncatchable, then no ball has ever been uncatchable. Victor Wembenyama standing on someone's shoulders, couldn't have caught that ball in the back of the end zone. That was an outrage. They had that game won like six different times. They had two Browns turnovers. They forced two turnovers. They had three more nullified by video review or a penalty. They got ripped off in that game yesterday. 100%. I, I hate the fact that every Monday we have to come here and talk about some game that the officials costed, cost some team. And it feels like it's happening all the time. You, you've said it many times. I think it's perfectly said and eloquent. The players are better than, they, than, than they've ever been. And so are the coaches. And the officials are stuck in the 90s. It's just awful to watch. That, how tall of a person would you have to be for that to be catchable? 15 feet tall? It, it's, it one hopped and it hit the fence. I think that ball was thrown away. I really do. It's a throw. I, no, I think you're that right. ball was 100% right. It was a freaking throw away. Because he does, he can't give up a sack in that situation. Oh, I think he was purposely throwing it out of the end zone. That was just horrific. And unfortunately, it completely mars what was otherwise a really good and fascinating game. Miles Garrett right now might be the best defensive player in the league. I've been very high on Micah Parsons. We talk about T.J. Watt, who has essentially won two games all by himself. Miles Garrett is not even a human being. I think... Um, was it Rex who said that play was made by God? Made by God, yeah. Yeah, God made Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett made the play. Uh, so there was all that craziness. Then there's the Deshaun Watson craziness. He's awful now. Awful. Deshaun Watson is, look, I can't say that he's finished because he's going to get a million chances. And maybe injury is factoring into this somewhere, but he just looks terrible. Let me ask you a question. Why, why should he get a million chances? Because like, he's getting paid so much money. But that's a sunk cost. But you know that teams don't do that. But the way the, the significance of his contract, the, the the groundbreaking nature of it, and everything, you know they're going to fire at least one coach and try and figure out a way to to turn him around, if not two. I agree with that. But if he is, 
even a little bit less than 100% with the arm injury or the concussion or whatever else he finds himself in, I think that provides Kevin Stansky, uh, Kevin Stefanski an excuse to continue to bench him, even though they'll sort of masquerade it as he's injured. Maybe. We'll see. One way or another, that situation is a mess. Number three. Number three, I accidentally did in number five, which is to say it's not just about the Brittany Mahomes and Taylor relationship, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback ever. Uh, he has five career games with at least 400 passing yards and four touchdowns. The only players with as many are Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and Drew Brees. Have we mentioned that Patrick Mahomes is not yet 30 years old? Patrick Mahomes is on his way to being the best player in NFL history. He doesn't even need wide receivers. Like, what the Chiefs have done is, okay, we're going to make our defense better. We're going to make our offensive line better. Just throw the ball to, uh, to Taylor Swift's boyfriend, and don't worry about any of the receivers on our team. Speaking of Taylor Swift, number two. If you're in Detroit and you're upset about your team's performance, just remember the following words. It's me. I. I'm the problem. It's me. I put the kibosh of all kiboshes on the Lions when last week on this show I said this. Jared Goff is an elite NFL quarterback. He is playing elite football. He's the best quarterback in the NFC right now. The best. Inclusive of whoever you want. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts. Jared Goff has played the best. The Lions are the best team in the NFC. If not for an overtime loss to Seattle, they'd be unbeaten. And, of course, then the next time I looked up, they were losing 35 nothing. And you know what? Here's how dumb I am. It's 28-zip at the half, and the Lions are moving the ball, and I'm still thinking they're going to get back in this game. Watch oh. them get back in this game here. And then they threw the pick, and then it's 35 nothing, and then it was over. We live in such close proximity to the football gods. After that soliloquy last week, Jared Goff, by QBR, played the worst game of any quarterback this week. And the Lions lost by 32 points, the largest margin by any team this week. Yeah, look, but the only thing I'll say is I didn't tempt the football gods because I don't have any stake in it. Like, I'm not rooting for the I don't care about them one way or the other. I like them because I like their coach, and I, you know, I root for their fans because they've been so bad forever. But I put the KOD on him, but I wouldn't talk necessarily about the football gods. Fair enough. Whatever but, the like, Midas touch is, like you Rex levied said, the opposite. God made Miles Garrett. He also made me. All right? <laughs> God cost them that game yesterday because of what I said. Finally, number one. let's go back to the conversation where it began. And, and, and Bubs, I don't know if we can get Nuno in here today to comment on this. But RC brought it up on TV. And it's worth asking. The Giants look better with Tyrod Taylor than they do with Daniel Jones. Now, it's a small sample size. The competition they're playing has to be taken into account. The Saquon health of it all has to be taken into account. But what Tyrod Taylor doesn't do are the things that Daniel Jones does that cost you games. Daniel Jones can beat you far more ways than Tyrod Taylor can. But bad Daniel, it's... How am I trying to say this? Daniel Jones has a higher ceiling, but a lower, much lower floor than Tyrod Taylor does. And when you're playing, when you're spiraling, when your season is spiraling as it was for the Giants, maybe sometimes what you need is a higher floor and let some other pieces of your team look better. And they have. The defense has been better. They've just been better the last couple of weeks. Well, specifically and especially on defense. We can't give Tyrod Taylor that credit. So the Giants have allowed 21 points in the last two games. They were allowing 31 points a game in the five games that Daniel Jones started. Now, right. if, if they're going to play defense like this, maybe you're right. Maybe how ha- much of that was off turnovers? I'm curious to know, because I know I'm only saying that out loud because I know you can find it out yeah. pretty fast. 
whereas most human beings would take until tomorrow to get me that answer. But, but I, what I'm trying to figure out is if there is some causality there. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Like, I do. It's one thing to say the defense has been better. Have they been on fewer short fields? Has, is there another reason why their defense has been better? Yeah, so their opponent scored 34 points off of turnovers in Daniel Jones starts and only seven in Terah Taylor's two starts. It's 100% true that they avoid turnovers better. They avoid sacks better, and they're a little bit more explosive. But really the reason why the Giants have been so much better the last two weeks is their defense has looked like it did last season. But at the same time, I will give you this. If you can play defense like that, what you want is a risk-averse quarterback. What you want is a quarterback that's going to be able to throw. Tyrod Taylor has as many throwaways in two games as Daniel Jones has in five. Yeah. That, Daniel Jones takes way too many negative plays and turns it over too frequently. I'm with you there. But it's the, de- it's the Giants' defense that's the reason why they won yesterday and played well the week before. So. It, it's another one where it's not going to happen. Like we, we talked earlier about a change that could happen, might happen. They're not benching Deshaun Watson, and they're not benching Daniel Jones. These are not the time... This is not the time to do either of those things, but it is impossible not to notice that the Giants do look a little better. You'll get your chance, as always, to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Those are my top-level takes. Let me turn to Bubba. He and I had similar days yesterday. Kick back, relax, watch the football, no stress. His Cowboys on a bye, my Jets on a bye, so what was your take yesterday? Of all the things you saw yesterday, Bubba, what stood out to you? Yeah, I'm going with the uh, Jordan Love situation in, in Green Bay. You know, yeah. he started off, there were you know, six touchdowns in two games. Everyone was saying, all right, the, the Packers are back. Who needs Aaron? And now he's got, he's got four touchdowns since, and, and they just look terrible. So, you know, kind of what is, what is going on in Green Bay, and what is Jordan Love's future? Because this was supposed to be the year he was going to take that next step, and first two games look pretty good, and it's looking bad right now. There's, there is a lot of Jordan Love frustration out there right now. And, you know, Rex made the point on TV today, Hembo, he's not a rookie. Like, like Jordan Love, there are things that should be better than what they're doing. He's turning the ball over a lot. He's got some special – I think he's got some special qualities, but it's impossible to avoid the fact that the Broncos have – historically one of the worst defenses we've ever seen, and they had no offense through most of that game. I need you to answer a question for me. Go. Why isn't Devontae Adams still on that team? He, he doesn't want to be where he is, and Jordan Love's development curve would be f- so much better flattened, so much easier for him to learn how to uh, play quarterback in the NFL if he actually had a veteran wide receiver to throw the ball to. Like among all the, quarterback, the young quarterbacks across the league, so many of them have high-level wide receivers or tight ends because they're, they're making so little money. Jordan Love is throwing the ball to first and second year players that are learning at the same speed at which he is. That, that trade is going to go down as an all-time bad one for the Green Bay Packers. Probably. Again, I think he wanted out of there, and he wanted out, because I think, because of the Aaron Rodgers up and down and who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be, and maybe because he was thinking, and now I'm just purely speculating, at some point they're going to hand the ball to this kid, Jordan Love, and I don't want to be here for that. I don't know that that was his thinking at all, but maybe that does go into the hopper. We'll talk about Devontae as we go. Meanwhile, I know that Cam's number one take is going to have been about the night game. We haven't even gotten to the most important game of the day yet, but we will as we roll on and plenty of time for baseball. Jam-packed on a Monday on ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The most important game of the NFL day was played at night last night in Philadelphia, where the Eagles made a statement in their win over Miami, and, and if you were with us at the beginning of the show, or Ryan Clark and I talked about that game for a while, Rex described it on television this morning as a matchup between the physical team and the finesse team, and in typical Rex fashion, he said he'll take the physical team every time. I'm going to turn most of the conversation here over to Cam and Hembo, the Eagles fans, to, to sort of weigh in, but there's two observations I want to make, and I always like to hear from the fans of the team, because you watch every snap in ways that I don't. But I was particularly impressed with Hertz last night because he needed to bounce back. Like, like great players have bad games. They don't have them twice in a row. If, if you're going to be a great player, you can have a game like you had against the Jets last week, particularly against that defense, which is elite. It's going to make a lot of quarterbacks look bad, and he did. He had a really bad day, and it had people saying his name in a little different tone. The way you respond to that is exactly the way Hertz did last night, so I was impressed with him. The second thing I want to say is I was under the impression, at least last year, that that was a spread it around offense. That was an offense that was predicated largely on Hertz using his legs on a lot of that RPO stuff and then spread it around a little bit of Brown, a little bit of Smith, a little bit of the tight end, a little bit of throwing it to the backs. That is now an offense that runs through A.J. Brown. And he has really emerged. He's a better player than I realized. I knew he was big and I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was this level of good. I feel like he has become one of the really 
elite. Like when we name right now the five best wide receivers in the sport, I think he has to be named. Yeah, he's absolutely a top five receiver right now. He's distanced himself from Devontae Smith and Dallas, uh, Dallas Goddard as the clear and obvious runaway number one target for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I mean, think about all the great wide receivers that have ever played this game. He tied the record for the most consecutive games with 125 receiving yards. He's done it in five straight games. The reason why A.J. Brown doesn't get that kind of shine, or at least didn't last year, is because it was such a heavy run game. So like the, the opportunity to accrue like massive stats when it comes to yardage and, and, and catches and stuff, especially with how much they spread it around to Devontae and Goddard, wasn't quite there. But play for play, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Devontae, it's Jamar Chase, it's those guys, but A.J. Brown is absolutely a 1A of that. There's no question. Yeah, I was just sitting here writing down the names. Tyreek Hill, like who would we say are the five best receivers in football right now? Tyreek Hill has to be one of them. Gotta be. Jamar Chase has to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Jefferson is hurt, but he has to be one of them. Is Devontae Adams still one of them? He would be if he was playing on a real team. Yeah. If, yes, if, if he had a quarterback and a coach and all sorts of other things. Yeah, but A.J. Brown's a legitimate like Hall of Fame talent. I mean, I've been watching the Eagles for 25 years. I think he's the best wide receiver we've ever had, and that is inclusive of Terrell Owens in 2004. You're not old enough to have seen Harold Carmichael. I'm not old enough to have seen Harold Carmichael, but, but A.J. Brown's, like his... It's his physicality, like his ability to run after the catch and, and break tackles and stuff. That's what makes him so rare. Like not only can he get downfield and win contested catches, but he can break tackles from linebackers and safeties. Like he has a total, the, the, the game is so diverse in that respect so that no matter where on the field Jalen Hurts gets in the football, he maximizes the output. How tall is, is A.J. Brown? Uh, he, he's not Harold Carmichael tall, but I mean, he's tall. How tall is he? he is, Harold uh, Carmichael, I think, was like six, seven. Yeah, Brown's only listed at six foot one. Okay, but he he's looks, so jacked. He's big. Yeah, yeah Carmichael's just, listed at six foot eight. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's a Hall of Famer. He was huge. Yeah. All right, let me turn it over to Cam. There, uh, Cam. While you were busy this weekend watching your Phillies and hanging out at random birthday parties rather than taking trips to Arizona that I offered to send you on. Mm. Would, I assume you had time for your Eagles last night. What was your takeaway? Sure did, yeah. Impressive win for the Eagles. Still a little bit of like the back-and-forth pendulum from Jalen Hurts, especially in the first half. He had a bad fumble. He had a bad pick-six to start the second half, but he made a couple very Jalen Hurts-esque plays, so hopefully more of those and less of the back-breaking turnovers. But the biggest thing that I've been pointing out the past couple weeks has been the play-calling. Last week against the Jets... They were winning the entire game and ended up losing, but they passed the ball 45 times and ran it 22 times. 16 first downs passing, 6 first downs rushing. This week, they passed the ball 31 times and ran the ball 34 times for 99 yards, which isn't a ton, but 12 of those uh, runs were for first downs. A lot of those were on the tush push, but the Eagles controlled the line of scrimmage and they controlled time of possession. They had a six-minute drive at the end of the fourth quarter that pretty much put the game away after Darius Slay's interception. The Eagles always win when they control time of possession and dominate the clock, and they did that yesterday. Hopefully more of that moving forward and less of the throwing the ball all over when you're up two on the Jets. Well, that was because... They are, only, they are first and nine when everyone else is first and ten. And on that last drive, including on their own 25-yard line, they go for the tush-push. So I'm about to say something that goes against everything that I stand for. You should never, ever, ever, ever root for p- football players to get hurt. I hope someone gets hurt on that play. And here's the reason why. Because it's the only way they're going to get it out of the sport. The only way they will, they will outlaw the tush-push, the brotherly shove, whatever it is we want to call it now, is if data shows there is a more significant chance of injury on that play than, than if it were to be disallowed. Which is to say, you cannot get a play out of the sport because A, they're just too good at it. 
or B, it's just so unsightly. But those are the reasons I want it out. <laughs> I want it out because it's just so unsightly. It doesn't look like football. That's not what football is supposed to look like. You're not supposed to just take one big guy and have like three other big guys pushing him from behind. That was illegal for 85% of the history of the sport, and I just hate it. The only way they'll get rid of it is if, if it turns out to be a dangerous play. Or if Jason Kelsey retires. Those are the two ways it will happen. So you're telling me they can't do it without him? 100%. It takes, it takes a Hall of Fame center and a quarterback with the leg drive of Jalen Hurts to pull that off. And I want to make it clear, based on the data, from a performance standpoint, it is literally only the Eagles that are pulling it off to this extent. So over the last two years, the Eagles are 41 of 44 on the brotherly shove and converting first downs on the brotherly shove. No when other... did this go, by the way, from the, from the church push to the brotherly shove? I, I, Cam, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of became like a, like a Reddit thing. Like it was first conceived on social media, and then it sort of sweeped its way into the mainstream. But I, I like it better as the tush push. Well, either way. I'll call it the push sneak, the tush push. Whatever. The, yeah, whatever. 41 times the Eagles have done it over the last two years. Yeah. No, no other team has pulled it off more than 11 times. So it's just an Eagles thing. That's, what, that's why Nick Sirianni looked in the camera yesterday and said, like, don't outlaw this thing. I think the NFL will definitely take a look at it this offseason, like every offseason. And it will stop being a thing when Jason Kelsey retires. So it's Kelsey. I need, I need it explained to me what he's doing that no one else can do. I understand that Jalen Hurts can bench, or excuse me, can squat 600 pounds and very few quarterbacks can do that. So I get that he has a leg drive that is unusual. Mm -hmm. I get that Jason Kelsey is a first ballot Hall of Fame center in the discussion with the greatest centers of all time. I don't understand why he can do this, whatever this particular skill is that is involved in this play, and no one else can. Football people explain it to me as like he can just get lower than everyone else, but I don't know why every center can't get low. Me neither. (laughs) Just teach them to do that. We continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.